ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930 present The Drive. It is the Tuesday, September 13th edition. The Drive begins now on ESPN 94.1 and AM 930. I am your host, Paul Swan. Thanks for choosing to be a part of the show today. I'm going to get your phone calls and texts in. We always want to do that. And I have a great platform for you to do that with. With our text line, it is 304-396-TALK, 304-396-8255. The phone line, we try to do that as well at 877-420-TALK, 877-420-8255. Fastest way to get to me today is the text line, but we will try to get to the phone line as well. Getting set for Bowling Green, this is the week. Marshall trying to make sure that that Notre Dame game does not carry over the good, the bad, the ugly, the noise, the excess, the extra attention. It was fun today, though. I went over to the Shoei earlier today for Coach's weekly presser, and we'll have some cuts from that here a little bit later on. I want to focus a little bit more on the Bowling Green game itself and talk about that. I've also got a little bit of Eli Neal. I got into the media scrum with him for a couple of minutes, so we've got some of that. I'm going to play it back for you. But today, phone line and text line. And the text line, again, that's probably going to be the best way for today's show. 304-396-TALK, 304-396-8255. So how many of you are heading up to Bowling Green? I haven't made that trip. The last time I was in Bowling Green was probably the last time the herd was in Bowling Green. It was not a good day for the Thundering Herd. Now, those trips have been tough. It's been tough to go into Bowling Green over the years. When you go into a situation like that where Bowling Green's played tough, over the years, Bowling Green has played tough. Now, a lot of that was, of course, when Marshall was originally in the MAC. Bowling Green leads the all-time series 21 to 8. And Bowling Green 9 to 4. And Huntington 12 to 4. Marshall from 1999 to 2004, a three-game win streak. Bowling Green won in Huntington in 2004. Bowling Green lost in Huntington in 2009. And the game that I was at 2010, that was the last time I, I got to go to Marshall game on the road. Yeah, I think, you know what? I think that's like the last road game I actually got to go on. So it's been a while, but I remember it well, 44-28. And, of course, you know, you've got the game in which, you know, Marshall under Bob Pruitt, all engines were cooking, fire this thing up. The Marshall football machine was rolling and Marshall lost a 1998 game. We all talk about that one, 34-13. So these are things as fans, we talk about these things, right? We get into this. We yeah, we look back. We look at the records. Man, Marshall hasn't really beaten this team in a while. Marshall, you know. And that would be one thing if this was a yearly series. If this was a yearly series and Marshall just had – continued the level of difficulty against Bowling Green, I would be concerned about this just on a a yearly basis because 
we would all have a frame of reference, right? Yearly opponent. It's a team that Marshall faces off against on a yearly basis. So I'd be concerned about it, right? Coach Huff's not concerned about that. He doesn't, doesn't, that's not in his computer. Those computations don't factor in. And earlier today, earlier today, the question was asked of Coach about going to Bowling Green, about overcoming those difficulties. I mean, look, Marshall hasn't had historically a lot of success against Bowling Green. You go from 1955 all the way down to 1968, and it's all wins for Bowling Green. Don Nealon lost to the Thundering Herd in 1969. 1970, Don Nealon's Bowling Green football team beat the Herd. And then 1971, my guy Dave Walsh will tell you all about that game. 1971, Bowling Green got beat by the Herd. It was a 12-10 game. So there's a lot of history here. We could talk about this stuff. None of that matters to anybody that's on this current team, right? It's not as if this has been an ongoing series. I mean, if I bring the Ohio series back up to coach, talk about the history of it. I mean, he might talk about the bell. Yeah, hey, that's that's a pretty cool thing. He might talk about that. But I don't know if anyone on this team would be that excited for the bell. Right now, I don't know if anyone would be excited for some of these other matchups that, you know, as fans, we get into. But Coach was asked about that today. And here's what Coach said about just overcoming those historical difficulties playing at Bowling Green. Is there a field at 100 yards by 53 and a third? Maybe. Do they have goalposts? Do they have goalposts? We'll be all right. If they got those two things, we'll be all right. Spot the ball, give me the call, we'll, we'll be all right. I think, again, when you, you live in a one, I don't think any of these kids in here would remember anything other than unless there was Randy Moss on that team. They probably remember his name. Um, I think, again, but when you talk about a environment or a culture that you don't know, like I don't know what was the, the vibe where they were, were people injured. If we lose 15 guys a day in practice, we're going to be 0-12 up there, 0-13 up there. Um, you know, so I think, again, um, you go back to your, you know, to, your, to your process. You know, it's how hard do we prepare this week in practice, how hard do we play on Saturday, and how well we execute. And unless they've got, you know, some sideways goalposts or the field's only 90 yards, everything else is the same. And I think when you stay in that mode, you can eliminate the – well, you've had trouble with this team or you've had trouble in this arena or, you know, this team has always had Marshall's number. I, I think you can eliminate that um, because it's ultimately going to come down to yesterday's practice, today's practice, the rest of this week's practice. How do we maximize the time between the last walk through Friday and kickoff on Saturday? When we come out of the tunnel, do we play with the identity that we want to play with? And then do we execute? That's really what it's going to come down. And I think this team really is starting to, like, believe that. Like, it's not, well, we've beat this school before. And so I really think they understand that those three things every week is going to be deciding whether we win or lose. 
um, somewhere in there. You know, maybe you have really good practice, you play really hard, but you don't execute. Um, Saturday, if we'd have turned the ball over, I don't know if the score would have been the same. You know, but you look at three turnovers, should have been four, but three turnovers to zero. Huge difference. You know, so we go up there and we have three turnovers. We practiced really hard that week. We played really hard, but if we had three turnovers, then the score may have been different. So I think, again, if you stay focused on those three things, which are all controllable by us, I can't control what the 98 team did. I can't control if the wind's going to blow or not. But those three things, myself, the staff, and the players can control, and I think we'll be okay. So the weather is not going to be a factor. Football field's going to be the same. Coach wasn't around in 2010 when Doc Holliday lost. Coach wasn't around in 2004 when Bowling Green beat the Herd and Bob Pruitt's squad. Coach wasn't around in 1998 when Bob Pruitt's squad that 1998 team, remember, pretty good team, lost. Coach wasn't around. These players weren't around. And so that's his mindset. We've got a couple other comments from him we're going to get to a little bit later on in the program. We'll get your phone calls and text in. The text line is 304-396-TALK, 304 396 I think it'll be a – see, every time I say that, every time I say it, I got to come back later. I think it'll be a good game. I think it'll be a good game. But I'm not going to – there's no carryover here. I don't think there's any carryover here with the series history. And the last time it being played was 2010. I don't think there's any serious carryover here from the squads that used to play for Marshall and this current squad. The last time that Marshall beat Bowling Green was in 2009. Bob had a three-game win streak against them. Bob... Beat them four times and lost two. Jack Lingle beat them one time. Rick Tolley coached them to a, a victory over Bowling Green, and that's it. But none of that is relevant. I don't think so. Coach definitely didn't think so. So we're going to find out. Yeah. And I had this conversation. The reason I bring this up is because I've had this conversation with more than one person. It's like, well, yeah, we play, we play terrible up there. We play terrible up there. Okay, yeah, that was that was 10, 15 years ago. 2010. That was the last time. That's the last time that Marshall went to Bowling Green, Ohio, to play against Bowling Green. These kids know nothing of that team. So, I know fans get antsy here, but it's... If we were talking about the battle for the bell every year, and Marshall and Ohio were playing every year, like, oh yeah, that's always going to be a tough battle. That's always going to be a tough battle. This is a 
Bowling Green's like a new opponent for Marshall. After that much time and, and, and distance between matchups, this is like a new opponent for the Thundering Herd. It definitely is a new opponent for the Thundering Herd as far as these kids have no frame of reference whatsoever for anything that happened beforehand. At least you can say, because what were we talking about when Marshall got back into the MAC? I mean, we were talking about Dave Walsh, right? Quarterback Dave Walsh and that game in which Dave Walsh won. We were talking about that to connect it because Marshall was going back into the MAC. And of course, Don Nealon, Don Nealon coaching Bowling Green. So there's the Don Nealon connection. Talking about, of course, the game with, with Walsh in 1971. That was a big game. And that series didn't get played again. 1974, the last time the series was played until 1997. And Bob Pruitt took the herd up to Bowling Green and beat them 28-0. And then it was pretty back and forth for a little bit. But... There's been gaps between these these matchups, so I'm I don't care if it's going to be uh, a rainy day, windy day, if it's going to be a low turnout. That doesn't matter to me. If you're a herd fan, you should travel to this game. It's easy to get to. If you're a herd fan, I'm sure plenty of tickets still remain for this one. Is what I'm saying. All right, we're going to hear a little bit more from Coach Huff later on. There's a whole whole list of things I want to get into with you. There's some things that are coming out. Honors for the Thundering Herd. Players are being named to um, watch list. Player of the Weeks. We've got that to get into. Uh, We've also, don't forget, it's Tuesday, so it's time for the Drive Power 5. The top five teams in the Tri-State High School Football the very best, the top five. We're going to get into that later on. But your phone calls and your texts, always welcome. Text line is 304-396-TALK, 304-396-8255. I'm your host, Paul Swan. This is The Drive on ESPN 94.1 and AM 930. This is The Drive with Paul Swan on ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930. We continue on with this Tuesday, September 13th edition of The Drive, ESPN 94.1 and AM 930. I am your host, Paul Swan. Thanks for tuning in. I appreciate everyone being here with me this afternoon. We'll get your text in. The text line is 304-396-TALK, 304 396 8255. I'm going to hear a couple of comments from Coach Huff here in just a minute. His presser was earlier today. Texter writes in The Mac was all ground and pound till Bobby Pruitt showed them that speed kills. Yeah. You know, Jim Grobe said you let the fox in the hen house. Then the Ohio Bobcats coach, Jim Grobe, said, Look, you don't realize what you've done. You, you've let the fox in the hen house. And Marshall had a great run in the Mid-American Conference. It, it started to level off after the other teams in the Mid-American Conference started to, to catch up, started to adapt, to adjust. It was a lot more competitive and challenging for Marshall in, in the latter half of Marshall's run in the Mid-American Conference. 
Yeah, some talented players, but Mid-American Conference football was getting a lot better. So I think that's one takeaway, that Marshall forced the Mid-American Conference to get better. And I'm kind of curious what Marshall football would look like, what the Mid-American Conference football league would look like if Marshall had remained in the MAC. I mean, would Marshall have been more successful than the run in Conference USA? Would the MAC be a better league today? You know, would it be about the same? Would it have been been worse I'm curious and I'll never know but I'm curious what that might have looked like if Marshall remained in the Mid-American Conference but that's just noise that is just noise that I'm making and of course as a member of the media that's what we do especially in the radio side audio noise we do that and so that was a question I had for Coach Huff earlier today there's a lot of noise going on right now you have national media coming in, covering the herd. You have a lot of attention, a lot of national focus on Marshall. And it's it's not uncommon. It's happened before. There has been national focus on Marshall before. You have a group of players, some that have been through it with Marshall. You have players that have come in from other schools and know how to handle that, know how to deal with it because it's not something that's new. And so a lot of people are talking about Notre Dame. The governor showed up yesterday to come see the team. I have have that audio posted now. You can find it on my Twitter account, at Paul Swan. It's on our SoundCloud account, so I posted the link there yesterday on my Twitter feed. The governor came in to talk about the game, the Notre Dame game. I mean, he had even some words say, hey, you, you can't lose focus. You know, what you've done is great, but you got to keep going now. You can't, you got to focus. And so, a lot of noise, a lot of conversation, a lot of notoriety, a lot of attention. You just beat Notre Dame. If you lose to Bowling Green, it's not the end of the world, but a lot of that goes away. And the goal here is to treat every game as the same. You get Marshall's complete effort. Every game. You get Marshall's best effort every game. Doesn't matter if you're Notre Dame, App State, or Coastal Carolina, or Norfolk State. And so how do you how do you deal with all the extra attention and trying to be consistent at the same time? And coach talked about, you know, it's not you're you're not trying to block the noise out. You're trying to manage the noise now. And he, he alluded to the fact that you're not going to block it out. We all have mobile devices. We all have smartphones. We have cell phones, you know, iPhones, Androids. We've got amazing communication platforms now. They have radios. They can listen to me. They have TVs. They can watch, you know, Mark Martin, Cassidy Wood, Keith Morehouse. They can watch us, listen to us, talk about these things. They can read Luke Creasy, Chuck Landon. Grant trailer. They can read those comments, those columns. So it's all out there. So you can't eliminate it from, it's not like you can just, this is a new age. You can pick up a newspaper, you can tune in the radio, but now you got the internet. The noise is out there. So coach talked about that. Look, in this day and age, you can't eliminate the noise, but you got to manage it. And he outlined a little bit more about how you manage that out that noise, how do you, you know, make sure you stay consistent. People and outside uh, forces are still very excited about the win. 
but we've got to go back to Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. And <clears throat> when you go back and you really look at the game, there's a lot of areas that in-house we know we need to get better at. Um, our special teams right now, we're struggling. Obviously, we got um, young specialists, so you're going to have some growing pains. Um, there's also some areas where we can get better with the other guys around them. Um, offensively, third down, you know, four of 12, we won't beat Huntington High School if we continue on that, you know, on that path. Um, our red zone and low, low red offense, we got to get more touchdowns and field goals. So there are a lot of things, you know, we didn't tackle as great in the fourth quarter, you know. So there are a lot of things that you can, you know, use to combat or manage the noise. I think you run into issues when, you know, you kind of just let the noise overshadow the areas of correction. So we've got really good leadership. I think our culture is really good. So the culture is there, the leadership is there, and you can go back and look at the film. Like, hey, you beat Notre Dame, but here's some things. Here's some things you got to focus on. Here's some things you got to work on to get better corrections. Again, he falls back on being able to Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, the game preparation, the corrections, the game is important that you're playing now. Years ago, maybe this Marshall team wouldn't have been able to do that. Now, so far, so good. And no team's perfect. No team will ever, you know, consistently be undefeated. So it's very hard to go undefeated. But, you know, more success, I think, with the way that Marshall is handling its business now in the way that Coach Huff... I mean, this, talking to his players today, they, they kind of alluded to that Coach Huff's on his game. I and mean, that was great to hear from some of the players. It's, he's on his game. He's not, he's not in a void there trying to figure it out. He's he's on top. He he's he's got his game going, and I think that's a good thing for Marshall. He's a, he said he's a he likes he's boring. He said because you know he has a routine. He, he sticks with the routine. So I think that's something you definitely need with a football team when you're trying to take on a Norfolk State week one a Notre Dame week two, a Bowling Green that is winless in week three, then you have Troy, then you had Gardner-Webb, and then you get into the rest of the conference schedule. you got to have that routine. Speaking of Bowling Green, that's what I'm a little bit more interested in. Bowling Green. Is this going to be an easy win for the Herd? I'm not saying that. I'm not going to say that to Coach. This team lost... 59 to 57 in seven overtimes to Eastern Kentucky. Seven overtimes to EKU. You think Bowling Green thought, hey, EKU is going to be an easy game? If they did, it was not the case. So now, Bowling Green has to regroup, and I'm sure this is a team that's stinging a little bit from losing to EKU. Coach Huff is aware, and he's pretty much on top of what they do that's a little different because I don't care if it's EKU or it's Alabama or it's a Conference USA team, or it's an SEC team, you score a lot of points. 
you're doing something right, I think. You score a lot of points, you're doing something right. And so I asked Coach about what just makes this team a challenge to go after. Yeah, well, defensively, um, they're multiple front group. You know, last week, you know, they, they kind of played one front, so you could kind of get on the sideline and draw it up and correct it and talk about it. Um, this group plays multiple fronts. Um, they move a lot to combat some size, you know, disadvantage. Um, and the disadvantage of not being 6'4", 280, they create an advantage in being a little bit smaller and quicker. So when they're moving now, you're getting on edges. you got to make sure your combinations are right. you got to make sure your footwork is tight. Creates a lot of issues where, you know, who are we blocking, how are we co- comboing to them, that type of deal in the run game. Obviously in protection, because they move a lot, you create the same thing. So it's going to be big for us to be able to concentrate on being able to block their movement in their front, which I think they do a really good job. Um, offensively, I think uh, Coach Leffler does a really good job of play-action pass, multiple formations, multiple uh, motions, creating a lot of eye candy. It's going to force us to have discipline because if you're looking at the wrong thing and there goes that guy and you're supposed to be on him, you're going to have an issue. Um, I think he does a really good job of attacking defenses uh, without confusing his offense. Um, so we're going to have to do a really – last week it was more of the bigger, stronger, you know, got to make sure you're fitting the right guy, making sure you got eyes on the right you know, tight end you know, based on his alignments. This week is going to be more identifying the entire formation and understanding the communication with checks versus motion, empties, different formations, play action pass. Everybody can't run up to tackle the football because they'll be behind you. So this week is going to challenge our discipline and how we play, not necessarily the physicality or not necessarily the, the moment, if that makes sense. I mean, and, hey, I know, you know on third and five, Notre Dame's going to try and get the ball to this tight end. So I got to make sure I'm on him. Well, this week, it's not going to be going to a certain guy. It's going to be going to where you're not. So I got to be where I'm supposed to be. Coach Huff breaking it down so you know now what the challenge is for Marshall football this week as the Thundering Herd take on the 12-time MAC champion Bowling Green Falcons. Yeah, this is the 100th homecoming for Bowling Green. Bowling Green picked Marshall as its homecoming opponent. I dared not ask Coach Huff about that. I dared not ask him about being the homecoming opponent for Bowling Green. Look at the schedule. You have home games with EKU, Marshall, Buffalo, Miami, Western Michigan, Kent State, and Marshall is the homecoming opponent. For Bowling Green. I know. I'm starting something. I'm making the noise. Here I am. I, I'm I'm dishing out some rat poison. Here it is. I'm doing it. 100th homecoming for Bowling Green. Will there be a full house? Doy Perry is 24,000. I thought it was a nice stadium. The first time I got to go to a game at Doy Perry, I thought it was an all right stadium. I was like, okay, it's pretty cool. This is not bad. It's got a little history to it, but it's going to have more of a college atmosphere. Obviously, there's not much going on in Bowling Green, so you're not. it's not like you're in Huntington and there's more people to draw from. Or it's not as if you're the state university and everyone comes back for a game on, on game day. It's not like you're Ohio State. It's not like you're one of these colleges in the state of Ohio where people will travel to come and watch your game. And, you know, honestly, 
Not everyone's going to be uh, in that area a Bowling Green fan to begin with. So it should be, if they can get 24,000, and I'm sure a lot of people will be herd fans, it will be interesting to see what that crowd looks like. Uh, Bowling Green leads the all-time series 21-8, and Bowling Green 14-2. and 14-2 and in Bowling Green at Doit Perry Stadium, 9-1. and Going over the statistics. And when we come back, we'll get some text in. Let's do that. 304-396-TALK. 304-396-8255. Also, I've got a little bit of, of sound from Eli Neal. I was able to hop into that media scrum real quick, get a couple of comments from Eli Neal. He reflected a little bit on the win at Notre Dame and, of course, looking ahead to the, the game this week. So we'll hear that. And later, we'll, we'll give you the new Power Five. These are the top five high school teams in the Tri-State, the Drive Power Five. That's when we continue with this edition of The Drive on ESPN 94.1 and AM 930. We're taking Paul Swan everywhere. Download or subscribe to The Drive with Paul Swan on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome back. It is the Tuesday edition of The Drive on ESPN 94.1 and AM 930. We're getting set for game number three for the Thundering Herd, taking on Bowling Green, Dwight Perry Stadium, the place. Five o'clock kick. We're going to have that game for you right here on ESPN 94.1 and AM 930. I would be remiss if I didn't mention the fact that it's going to be on NFL Network. We hope you can... You know, join us at Roosters on Saturday. You know, I'll be there for First Century Bank College. Falling back on old old shows. Huntington Federal Savings Bank College football today. So I hope you can join us for college football today. We'll be previewing the matchup between Marshall and Bowling Green. It will be the first word on the herd on Saturday. And we'll uh, look forward to seeing you at Roosters. That's coming up on Saturday. And don't forget, after the game, come right back here. Our post-game, it takes place after the game. I'll be back here to take your phone calls and texts, and hopefully we're talking about a Marshall win. If not, we're going to be talking about a Marshall loss. Either way, we're going to be talking about it. It's Saturday. Game day starts here, 2 o'clock, our airtime with college football today. Let's hear from Eli Neal. I was over at Marshall earlier in the team room at the Shoei. Had a chance to catch up with a few players, and uh, one of them today was Eli Neal. And he reflected a little bit on the win at Notre Dame. And, of course, yeah, we're looking ahead to Bowling Green as well. But still, a lot to still talk about with that Notre Dame win. I don't think we're going to stop talking about it anytime soon. But here's Eli just reflecting a little bit on the win and looking ahead. I just want to give a testament to my team. Uh, I know that we got to go out there and have our own energy and have that same swagger about ourselves like we are playing in front of 77,000. And um, I, I think today is definitely a, a good start with that, just being able to refocus uh, today on Tuesday and just being able to lock in and get it together for this weekend. You mentioned that you guys didn't crack the top 25. Mm-hmm. How much do you guys pay attention to that? I mean, is it kind of a bummer or are you like, eh, it's not, you know, not much? Not much at all. Um, two years ago, I, I definitely got to feel that you know and that was like 
kind of like my first hoorah, you know, my first time feeling being in the top 25. And I know how quick it can be taken away. And I know how uh, distracting it can be, honestly. Uh, I know that this was the second game. I, it was the second game. We got 10 other games. And like I was telling uh, the other reporter, we didn't get a ring for that game. We didn't get anything for that game. So, you know, it, it was cool. Definitely a, a monumental win for the school and something that I'll never forget, but it's definitely on to the next for sure. Can you describe the buzz that was on campus, maybe even before then, but uh, at least getting back to campus and what the what the attitude was like? Well, when we got back, it was kind of like a standing ovation outside of the buses. And I was, you know, it, it, it's definitely nice, you know, and it just helped me just be able to bask in the moment and be able to understand like what actually happened, what actually went down because we get in such a mindset to where we're like, it's just another game, it's just another game. But then when you actually sit down and you're scrolling through Twitter and you like, wow, like we actually did that. So um, it's definitely exciting for and, sure. And coach, you know, preaches even keeled, but then again, you got to be happy for the community and, and the folks around here. For sure. Definitely happy for this community. I, this community has been through a whole lot. Just just to be able to suit up and be able to go play a game that I love and it helps the community. It's like, I couldn't ask for no more than that. How will that work, uh, Eli and Bowling Green? There won't be 77,000 mm -hmm. people there. It'll be bring your own energy kind of thing. Yes, sir. Uh, Coach Huff has already started harping on that. Uh, that's a man that's on top of his on top of his game at all times. Yesterday, he came in and just reiterated, you know, that we got to bring our own energy, regain our focus throughout the rest of this week. Um, just understand what we got ahead of us. Yeah. Went seven overtimes last week. I don't know if mm -hmm. you've seen any of that. Mm -hmm. but they, they have, our offense can cause some problems, right? Oh, yeah, for sure. They do a lot of motions before the snap, a lot of eye candy, get your eyes off of where they're supposed to be, and they'll hit you where, they, where it hurts if you don't uh, have your eyes in the right spot. Have your eyes in the right spot. That's Eli Neal talking about the upcoming game and, of course, reflecting on the win against Notre Dame. Uh, we've got the Drive Power 5 coming up, top five teams in the Tri-State, and – We've got a lot of good news to talk to you about. We're going to try to get it all in when we continue with this edition of The Drive. Plus, we're going to take your text, 304-396-TALK, 304-396-8255. Texter, happy, happy, can't be happy about their big win being overshadowed by the herd's huge win. I don't think they're worried about that right now. To be honest, I don't think their fan base is as concerned about that as the big win that Appalachian State had. So uh, it'll be interesting. I hope Appalachian State, App State, however they prefer to be called, I hope App State has a um, has a has an unblemished record at this point. I mean they've lost one, but stay stay consistent. Win. Let's get this uh, let's make this game a showdown at Jones C. Edwards Stadium. We'll wrap it up when we continue with our Power 5, and uh, we'll go through the news of the day when we continue with this edition of The Drive. This is The Drive with Paul Swan on ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930. It's our final segment of today's edition of The Drive here on ESPN 94.1 and AM 930. It's time now for our Drive Power 5. Each week, we rank the top five teams in the Tri-State. We've got a tie this week. Spring Valley off last week, remaining number one. Huntington High 
off last week, remaining number two. Actually, moving up, looking at last week. So, so Huntington, Spring Valley one, Huntington two. Hurricane three, tied with Ironton, and then Raceland five. So that's our drive power five. Those the top five teams in the tri-state. Texture writes in, Hurricane got a statement whenever GW may be a team to be reckoned with. A lot of our voters think so. So Spring Valley one, Huntington two, Hurricane three, Ironton four, Raceland five. That's our drive power five. You get the first look at first. You get to find out about it first on the show. We'll post that tomorrow on our website, but you get to find out about it today. And uh, we'll also have our Player of the Week tomorrow as well. So we're going to have that. We're going to hold that off for just a, a day. That way we can give it a little bit more time and attention. we got some other items that we got to get into real quick before we call it a day. Marshall running back, Kalen LeBourne, the Doak Walker National Running Back of the Week. So there's some attention in that rub off that Notre Dame win. Also... Charles Huff, this was yesterday. I didn't catch this yesterday until late. Uh, Charles Huff named a Dodd Trophy Coach of the Week yesterday. So, coach getting attention. Uh, Pro Football Focus College named Stephen Gilmore to its uh, PFF Team of the Week on the defensive side of the ball. Also, Marshall Notre Dame, the game drew... 2.5 2.5 million viewers, uh, and I'm citing uh, Stuart Mandel from The Athletic on that one. So 2.5 million viewers watched Marshall and Notre Dame. And, of course, people are watching Marshall. A lot of that was Notre Dame also, but we'll see what the eyeballs look like as uh, Marshall at Bowling Green is going to be on the NFL Network. And, of course, we ask you locally, if you do watch the game Turn the radio on. Turn the TV audio down. That would make everybody happy here. And it should be a great time. If, if you can come out and support us at Roosters, we invite you to do that as well. I go in the air at 2 o'clock with the kickoff at 5 right here on ESPN 94.1 and AM 930. And a couple other things uh, from the Sun Belt and, of course, Marshall. The team yesterday, the swimming and diving team, it was announced that Marshall is now going to be a an affiliate of the Missouri Valley Conference for women's swimming and diving. So swimming and diving, the only program that didn't have a home in the new and improved Sun Belt, now has a home in the Missouri Valley Conference. And speaking of the Sun Belt, Marshall defender Ryan Holmes is the Sun Belt Conference defender of the week or defensive player of the week. So a lot of good things happening for Marshall. Marshall is owning the Sunbelt soccer side of things. There has been every week at least one Marshall player named to either offensive or defensive player of the week in the Sunbelt. Hopefully that continues. Maybe Marshall will win the inaugural, the, the new and improved inaugural Sunbelt championship in soccer. Of course, this league sponsors soccer before, so hopefully with the new configuration, maybe Marshall will win it this year. And, of course, Chris Grassy seems to have this team loaded and ready to go. It's uh, It's been fun to watch so far as Marshall soccer seems. You know, other than the um, other than the one game on the road and the, and, the, and the weather being an issue, 
which I don't think will be an issue for Hurd on Saturday in Bowling Green, the wind, the weather, none of that's going to be an issue, other than a, a shortened game. Because, you know, the news, yeah, you didn't get beat. The new saying is uh, you ran out of time. You didn't get beat. You ran out of time. That's the new saying. I'm adopting that saying. You, you didn't. You didn't get beat. You you ran out of time. It's like the Bengals. The Bengals on Sunday didn't get beat, just ran out of time. And long snappers. But that's another story, and that's the last. I will acknowledge that. Uh, one more thing I want to get into before we call it a night. Uh, Jason Williams covers the Bengals, writes for the Cincinnati Inquirer, picking up on – by the way, he's a Marshall fan. Picking up on – the debate between Marshall biggest win is it the Xavier game or is it the Notre Dame game the Xavier game or the Notre Dame game Xavier the most meaningful game the Notre Dame game the biggest debate carries on Check it out. It's uh, it's in the Cincinnati Enquirer. It's uh, Jason Williams, a, a lifelong herd fan, right? Getting some love in the uh, Cincinnati Enquirer. That does it for this edition. We are back tomorrow. We're gonna do it all over again. Stay tuned. We got Pirates baseball taking on the Reds. They won earlier. Can the Pirates do it again? We're gonna find out. Tune in here in the next few minutes. Have a great night, everyone. WRBC Huntington, W227BS Huntington. This is your radio home for Pittsburgh Pirates baseball, ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930.